Sisters, the Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus proposed another parable to the crowd, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be likened to a man who sowed good seed in his field. When everyone was asleep, his enemy came and sowed weeds all throughout the wheat and then went off. When the crop grew and bore fruit, the weeds appeared as well. The slaves of the householder came to him and said, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where have the weeds come from? He answered, An enemy has done this. His slaves said to him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? He replied, No, if you pull up the weeds... You might uproot the wheat along with them. Let them grow together until harvest. Then at harvest time, I will say to the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles for burning, but gather the wheat into my barn. He proposed another parable to them. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that a person took and sowed in a field. It is the smallest of all the seeds. Yet when full grown, it is the largest of plants. It becomes a large bush, and the birds of the sky come and dwell in its branches. He spoke to them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed with three measures of wheat flour until the whole batch was leavened. All these things Jesus spoke to the crowds in parables. He spoke to them only in parables to fulfill what had been said through the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will announce what was lain hidden from the foundation of the world. Then dismissing the crowds, he went into the house. His disciples approached him and said, explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He said in reply, He who sows good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world, the good seed, the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the children of the evil one. And the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. Just as weeds are collected and burned up with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will collect out of his kingdom all who cause others to sin and all evildoers. They will throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. Whoever has ears ought to hear the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Why is there this viral pandemic 
Why are there still all these shutdowns, people having to wear masks, people losing their jobs, all the things that are causing our world to feel upside down from the virus? Why is there rioting and looting and all this anger and division in our country? Why is there racism, discrimination, acts of injustice? Why are police officers being maligned and attacked? Why is there such widespread anxiety and fear? The question of the the problem of evil, if God is so good and so loving, why does he allow bad things to happen, is an interesting debate that theologians and philosophers love to engage and argue and challenge each other with. But when we're not talking about evil things on a theoretical, hypothetical level, but experiencing them, when we see them on a very widespread level all around us, when we can add our own personal items to that lengthy list, it loses some of its interesting qualities. It has the potential to undermine our faith. In fact, it's one of the main reasons that people cite for doubting God's presence, especially just these, all these issues and these questions make people wonder about God's existence. Which is why even though this parable isn't as popular or as memorable as some of Jesus' other ones like the Good Samaritan or the Prodigal Son, in some ways it's probably one of the most important ones for us to reflect on because Jesus encapsulates all of our why do bad things happen questions that the servants address to the owners of the field when they ask, why are there weeds in your garden? And there's something comforting and frustrating at the same time as we reflect on this, which is probably why it's not as memorable or popular as a parable. The comforting thing is we hear Jesus acknowledging that all is not right in the world. Quite clearly, Jesus identifies there is evil in the world, that the devil is real, that this enemy does look for all kinds of ways and opportunities to continue to cause people to turn away from God and to turn on one another. And it's reassuring to our longing for justice to hear Jesus not mince words and explaining that at the end of time, all sin, all evildoers will be dealt with as he explicitly talks about the realities of heaven and hell. The frustration comes when the follow-up questions happen of why. Questions that aren't fully or adequately addressed. Why does evil exist? Why doesn't God take care of it now? Why does he allow it to still afflict and affect others? Why does God allow this? Why are there weeds in your garden? It's not until I found myself going through that whole litany of questions, asking why this, why that, where I heard the Lord's voice speaking in my heart, saying, well, why do you allow it? And not in some heady social justice manner of thinking where I can philosophically look at all the problems of the world and imagine that I have the answers, I just need to convince others that they're wrong, but rather on a much more personal level. Why are there weeds in my garden? Why am I not vigilant of outside negative influences that sow fear or anger or hatred in my own heart? Why do I look for happiness and satisfaction in ways other than what God calls me to? Why do I give in to selfishness and self-centeredness? Why do I allow weeds in my own garden? 
And I don't have a good answer for that either. <laughs> there are sins that I commit that at the time I'm doing, I know it's wrong and I just don't care. I'm just giving it to the anger of the moment. For example, just a few weeks ago, this guy's texting on his phone. He's smoking his cigarette. And he almost plows his car into me as I'm jogging. I'm already frustrated that the gyms are closed and I have to run outdoors. And I know that the anger in my heart and on my lips and in my action at that moment were all wrong. But in that moment, my brain overruled my heart saying, well, he's wrong. So two wrongs, they don't make a right, but they kind of cancel each other out, at least in my logic at that moment. And that was on me. A few minutes later, I realized that was stupid. Thank God you didn't get hit. Thank God there wasn't an accident. Everything was okay. Those sins are somewhat easy to identify and repent of and hopefully learn from. Hopefully. No promises. Anyway, but I think of other things and other times when that self-awareness wasn't so immediate. For example, it was over 14 years ago, I was still assigned to my first priestly assignment, our Our Lady of Lords in West Orange as the parochial vicar there. And that year, the decision was made to close our our parish school. And at the time, I saw things very black and white. Father Petrillo, our our pastor, and I fought publicly and privately about it. I felt I was in the right in fighting to keep our school open. But I recognize now that I also had anger in my heart about it. I was arrogant. I was uncharitable. I sure as heck wasn't praying about this. At the time, I felt completely justified in my actions. It didn't even register until to year, years later my own responsibility in making this incredibly painful chapter in that parish's history that much harder. Just the added tension that that brought to the parish was also a factor in my almost leaving the priesthood. I can't explain where or when or why what started out as something a fight for something that I truly believe was just, like saving a school, turned into something that got twisted and sinful. Why did I allow weeds in my garden? Which brings us back to today's gospel and this parable. Thank God, God is patient. That he's loving and that he's merciful. That's the good news of this gospel. That Jesus sees the potential within each of us to be a weed or to bear abundant fruit. And he keeps giving us another chance. He keeps waiting, keeps reaching out to us to be mindful of his message, telling us in those closing words of today's gospel, whoever has ears ought to hear. Because even when we've made a mess of things, even when our sins have caused a mess in our lives and even hurt others, he's able to create something new. We're always just one confession away from being wiped completely clean and able to start afresh. When I left that parish 14 years ago, I thought I was leaving the priesthood. I never thought I would be back there celebrating Mass every weekend. I never imagined that Father Pachillo and I would have a chance to, to apologize and reconcile and just talk and forgive each other, which I was so grateful that happened months before his unexpected death. God was able to work a tremendous amount of healing on a lot of levels. And I'm grateful for his gardening skills, which turns out to be infinitely better than mine. There's so much that's really messed up in our world right now. The Catholic in me knows not, I'm not supposed to be superstitious, 
but the Italian in me says, don't say it can't get worse. For example, the other night, uh, a friend shared this article about all the sex abuse scandals that surrounded our, our former Archbishop Theodore McCarrick that was in the New York Times. And all of my personal anger and hurt and anger and discouragement and disillusionment, and did I say anger? all came right back as I'm reading that article. I found myself lost in my own questions. Why did this happen? Why hasn't it been excised? Why didn't the Lord protect the church from it and his children from it? Why has he allowed these weeds in his garden? When I started questioning God, it's then that I knew I needed to stop. That's not to say to excuse or ignore or dismiss any of the evils that we find, whether it's in the church or in society or in the world, we have a responsibility to call out evil that we see in our midst. But before we let it completely unsettle us and start going down unproductive rabbit holes where we start making judgments and assumptions and suggestions to the Lord on how things ought to be, it's then that we know that we need to stop and take a chance, take a, take a break and simply come back to being grateful, for example, that that guy didn't plow me down with his car knowing that the Lord has given me more time myself to be attentive of my own weeds and my own garden. And maybe that's the Lord's hope and his plan, how much better the entirety of his garden would look if we were all to do the same.